A Good War from Unhappy Far-Off Things by Lord Dunsinay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dale Grothman. Nietzsche says, You have heard that a good cause justifies any war. But I say unto you, that a good war justifies any cause. A Good War by Lord Dunsinay A man was walking alone over a plain so desolate that, if you have never seen it, the mere word desolation would never convey to you the melancholy surroundings that mourned about this man on his lonely walk. Far off, a vista of trees followed a cheerless road, all dead as mourners suddenly stricken dead in some funereal procession. By this road he had come, but when he had reached a certain point he turned from the road at once, branching away to the left, led by a line of bushes that may once have been a lane. For some while his feet had rustled through long neglected grass. Sometimes he lifted them up to step over a telephone wire that lolled over old entanglements and bushes. Often he came to rusty strands of barbed wire and walked through where they had been cut, perhaps years ago, by huge shells. Then his feet hissed on through the grass again, dead grass that had hissed about his boots all through the afternoon. Once he sat down to rest on the edge of a crater, weary with such walking as he had never seen before. And after he had stayed there a little while, a cat that seemed to have its home in that wild place started suddenly up and leapt away over the weeds. It seemed an animal totally wild and utterly afraid of man. Gray, bare hills surrounded the waste. A partridge called far off. Evening was drawing in. He rose wearily, and yet with a certain fervor, as one that pursues with devotion a lamentable quest. Looking round him as he left his resting place, he saw a cabbage or two, that, after some while, had come back to what was a field, and had sprouted on the edge of a shell-hole. A yellowing convivialist climbed up a dead weed. Weeds, grass, and tumbled earth were all about him. It would be no better when he went on. Still, he went on. A flower or two peeped up among the weeds. He stood up and looked at the landscape, and drew no hope from that. The shattered trunk of a stricken tree leered near him. White trenches scarred the hillside. He followed an old trench through a hedge of elder, passing under more wire, by a great rusty shell that had not burst passed by a dugout, where something gray seemed to lie down at the bottom of many steps. Black fungi grew near the entrance. He went on and on over shell-holes, passing round them when they were too deep, stepping into or over the small ones. Little burrs clutched at him. He went rustling on, the only sound in the waste but a clicking of shattered iron. Now he was among nettles. He came by some small, unnatural valleys. He passed more trenches, only guarded by fungi. 
while there was light he followed little paths marveling who made them once he got into a trench dandelions leaned across it as though to bar his way believing man to have gone and to have no right to return weeds thronged in thousands here it was a day of the weeds it was only they that seemed to triumph in those fields deserted by man he passed on down the trench and never knew whose trench it once had been frightful shells had smashed it here and there and had twisted iron as though round gigantic fingers that had twiddled it idly for a moment and let it drop to lie in the rain forever he passed more dugouts and black fungi watching them and then he left the trench going straight on over the open again dead grasses hissed about his feet sometimes small wires sang faintly he passed through a belt of nettles and thence of dead grass again and now the light of the afternoon was beginning to dwindle away he had intended to reach his journey's end by daylight for he was past the time of life when one wanders after dark but he had not contemplated the difficulty of walking over that road or dreamed that lanes he knew could be foundered and merged in that mournful desolate moor evening was filling fast still he kept on it was the time when cornstacks would once have begun to grow indistinct and slowly turn gray in the grayness and the homesteads one by one would have lit their innumerable lights but evening now came down on a dreary desolation and a cold wind arose and the traveler heard the mournful sound of iron flapping on broken things and knew that this was the sound that would haunt the waste forever and evening settled down a huge gray canvas waiting for somber pictures a setting for all the dark tales of the world haunted forever a grisly place was haunted ever in any century in any land but not by mere ghosts from all those thousands of graves and half-buried bodies and sepulchre shell-holes haunted by things huger and more disastrous than that haunted by wailing ambitions under the stars or moon drifting across the rubbish that once was villages which strews the lonely plain the lost ambitions of two emperors and a sultan wailing from wind to wind and whimpering for domination of the world the cold wind blew over the blasted heath and bits of broken iron flapped on and on and now the traveller hurried for night was falling and such a night as three witches might have brewed in a cauldron he went on eagerly but with infinite sadness over the skyline strange rockets went up from the war peered oddly over the earth and went down again very far off a few soldiers lit a little fire of their own the night grew colder tap tap went the broken iron and at last the traveller stopped in the lonely night and looked around him attentively and appeared to be satisfied that he had come within sight of his journey's end although to ordinary eyes the spot to which he had come differed in no way from the rest of the waste he went no further but turned round and round 
peering piece by piece at that weedy and cratered earth. He was looking for the village where he was born. The End of A Good War by Lord Dunsinay